We're back on Buckets of Books, and this week we're talking about books we've read recently. Yeah, so right now I'm reading Cold Mountain uh, by, I think, Charles Frazier, um, and it's really good. Um, I All I really knew about it was that it was about the Civil War and um, that the movie won Best Picture and had Renee Zellweger. Um, but you could totally see why it would be such a good movie. It's such like a, like a saga, but also the words are really lovely as well. I don't know. I haven't heard of that before. I think you would like it. Um, it's very clearly referencing the Odyssey. Uh Um, it's, you know, he's left the war and is on a long journey home with many misadventures, um home back to the woman he loves and there are a lot of stories within the story like he stops and meets different characters and hear their life stories and um and it's um it's like very romantic but not like a romance Mm -hmm. per se which I know is something that we kind of talk about liking yeah yeah I like it when like there is romance but it's not a romance book um but you said it was about the civil war yeah um yeah he's a confederate soldier who is from the mountains of north carolina and he decides to leave the war to desert basically and um has to walk all the way home and meets people who are trying to capture him that's just that's not spoiling anything that's like where it starts yeah um and so leaving war and to get back with his love and but you also see her like half of it is from her perspective too oh, that's interesting. so I feel like that's kind of a complaint of mine with the Odyssey is Penelope feels so underdeveloped and just like a prize to be reached at the end um and this sort of like Penelope figure isn't really like that or I mean I guess a little bit only in broad strokes did I talk about last time uh, the Greek drama we're reading in class? Um, I forget. I don't remember if I did, but it's called the Oristia, and it's a trilogy that was written in like way, way um, early years in Athens by Aeschylus, and it's a Greek drama, and it's like one of the first. It's the first play ever that has dialogue in it, like more than one person on stage at one time and it's about Agamemnon and Clymenestra um and their son mainly but they're the first play and it's like very interesting actually the way it like discusses women in ancient Greece because the one of the most powerful characters in it is Clytemnestra and she's like never really referenced in the Iliad or in the Odyssey but she's a massive part of this and then in the second play of the trilogy she's like the lead villain kind of if she can be called like a lead or a villain but she's the lead villain and the sister plays a huge role in like getting revenge and the chorus is which is like really in greek dramas the chorus like makes up most of the dialogue the chorus is made up entirely of women who are like a polar opposite to the original male chorus and like 10 times as effective as the male chorus. So, like, it has these interesting 
female characters in it that I wasn't expecting from a Greek drama, but, like, you were saying in the Odyssey, like, the reason I never want to read it, even though I like Greek myths a lot, is just because it's so much, (laughs) it's so much Odysseus, but it's so much, like, Odysseus being a man in those situations. Yeah. Um, it's, female characters are interesting in Greek stuff like that, because, yeah, I read The Odyssey in high school, and don't really recommend, (laughs) um, because, yeah, Penelope is just, you know, she's just kind of praised for being so devoted to Odysseus over 20 years, you know, um, not very developed, and then the other female characters are, like, you know, sirens and sorceresses who are mm-hmm. just, like, the sexual kind of side of things. Right. So, in that one particularly, you know, uh, women are pretty pretty flat. But there are also, you know, uh, yeah, other Greek dramas, like you were saying, where women are more, like, heroic. I like the idea of there being an all-female chorus. Um, and, yeah, I remember really liking Antigone, when I read that, and I think I've talked about Home Fire on here, mm-hmm. um, which is like a modern retelling of Antigone. So I think kind of you would you would like Antigone and Home Fire and Cold Mountain, but not The Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> I think that checks out. And I'm pretty sure we've talked about it, but Circe by Madeline Miller, um, which is like such a beautiful retelling of Greek myths with a woman and her being powerful. But I'm I think we've talked about that. But if we haven't, everyone should read it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I think Greek myths and Greek dramas are super interesting as well and I don't know, sometimes you do get kind of a female hero or sometimes you get a female villain. Like I think Clytemestra and um even, like, Helen of Troy, some, like, you could look at them on the surface in one way, but mm-hmm. then if you, especially with some of these retellings, um, you can look at them as more multifaceted figures. Right. Also, I, I have, like, a lot of Greek retelling books, but I have a retelling of the Iliad called A Thousand Ships. It's by Natalie Haynes, and it's a bunch of different not short stories, but, like, it jumps around from story to story every chapter, um, with the women of Troy, and it's all about them and from their perspective, and it's a really beautiful retelling. And then I have another one called, um, Silence of the Girls by Pat Barker, which is a retelling of the Odyssey about women, or from women's perspective, and I really didn't like that one at all. You did? I did not like it, and I loved A Thousand Ships, because... A Silence of the Girls was a lot just about, like, how terrible the women were treated and, like, how awful it was to be a woman in Greece, which I'm sure it was, but it was just, like, all, it was all about just the pain and, like, the awful things they experienced, and then A Thousand Ships was, like, them, like, their womanhood despite the pain and in the pain, and, like, I love that, and it's really, really good, but just, yeah. This is, like, a whole genre of Greek retellings featuring women, I would say, is one of my favorites. I've got another one for you, then. Oh, yeah. Which Um, one? 
the Penelope ad by Margaret Atwood. I've heard of that, and because I love Margaret Atwood, I haven't managed to read it yet, but I've heard of it. I love her too, and um, it's pretty short. It was a pretty easy read, um, but yeah, it's from Penelope's perspective, and you know, more of a it pokes holes on some of the things I was just saying about Penelope. Yeah, one of the reasons I haven't gotten around to reading that one is because, like, just the way Penelope is depicted in the Odyssey, it's just so boring, and, like, I don't want to read about that, but also, I'm sure this completely overturns that boringness, but I, like, haven't been, yeah, I haven't managed to read it. Um, yeah, it does. It's definitely from a more feminist perspective, um, and... Yeah, it's not a big commitment, but since you're so into this genre, I would definitely recommend it. Um, Actually, I'm looking at my shelf right now, and I think I have it on my shelf. So I might have read it already and totally forgot about it. Um, It's coming back to me now. But I did like it, mostly because of the writing. I do think that Penelope on the whole is just, like, difficult to make her a more interesting or just, like, full character just because she is so bland in the odyssey yeah it's true you kind of have to add a lot yeah um it's so annoying because (laughs) you know like in the end when they come back and kill the suitors um they hang the the female servants yeah yeah for having sex with the suitors and odysseus is he's off with all of his temptations, you know, I mean, I know I can't really hold Homer to modern standards or anything, but it does make it very frustrating, and I also, I remember at the time thinking it really dragged on a lot, <laughs> so I think if you're just, like, familiar, and it seems like you are, with, like, the basic arts of the story, you know, like, mm-hmm. you're better off reading these modern retellings, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I would recommend Cold Mountain. I'm not done with it yet, but it's been a page turner, and it's 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 like um it's like an allegory, but a broad. Oh, we're having some tech issues. Um, one minute. We're back. <laughs> Technical issues, as always. We're very low budget here. <laughs> um, what are you reading? I am in the middle of a book called The Intuitionist by Colin Whithead. It is, my parents recommended it, and so they said I, and they said I would like it, and I mostly trust their recommendations, and so I got it from the library. It's about, it's not a dystopian world, and it's, but it's like our world, just different, where elevators are a really big part of the world, like elevators, not like, oh, everywhere, everywhere are just lots of elevators, just elevators are just a big part of society and there are intuitionists and there are logicists I think and the logicists that's not the right word but it's a word I remember um they like look at the mechanics of it and they fix the elevators based on like the actual mechanical stuff and then the intuitionists like close their eyes and like envision it and they intuition what's wrong and then they fix it and so in the world it's like this divide between the two and which goes into politics because elevator politics are a big part of the world 
And so, like, the intuitionists versus logicists, and it's, like, this overwhelming allegory for, like, black people and white people and just, like, politics and... That's what the blurb says about the allegory part. So far, I haven't totally caught on to that, but it's the main character. It's all about an intuitionist, the intuitionist, and she's just, like, something happened to one of the elevators that she was supposed to fix, and no one knows how it went wrong. But because she's an intuitionist, it's, like, causing all of these problems. So it's about her and, like, this elevator that went wrong. Whoa! Yeah, I know. Who ever heard of such a thing? Yeah. I feel like you read a lot of books, or, like, more than I do, that are, like, I don't know, kind of, like, really out there plots like that. Something completely different, where I feel like I kind of read a lot of, you know, typical narrative things. Yeah. Uh, You are often talking about books on this podcast, where I'm like, oh my gosh, what what was that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. I They said they had given me, like, a one-sentence description of it and said that, like, I wouldn't want to know more when I was reading it, and so I didn't really want to know more. And it's not, like, the style of it isn't what I expected, and, like, the direction the plot is going in isn't what I expected, but it's really good, and the writing is really good. Um, and it's fairly easy to read. I think it would be a really good beach read. It doesn't sound like a beach read at all. <laughs> well, it just, like, it moves pretty fast, and just the characters are very real, and the world is very real, which we talk about all the time, but, like, because the, of the elevators being so important, the world is just, like, very, very clear when you read it. Mm. And how did you hear about this one? My parents. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, well... I'm having, like, a hard time wrapping my head around that, but it sounds, like, really creative, and if you, and if you're responding to it, then I bet I would, too. Yeah, I think you would like it. It's not, I don't think everyone would like it, but I think that you would like it. Yeah. Well, we mainly like the same stuff. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you next time on Buckets of Books.